Dog Nation, what's up? We are back. It is a big week for the Baxter Street Boys. As you'll notice, Cole is not doing the intro. He's on his honeymoon. He got married Saturday. Big congrats. Um, and it's a big week for Griff, too. He's graduating this weekend. Uh, we just got a lot going on, and we're really excited. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try to ease into the Ohio State talk. Uh, we got plenty of time left for that. We're even going to do a bold primer in between now and then. But really, we wanted to take to this episode to look back on some of the some of the big guys from the season, hand out some awards, give some guys some love, talk about our All-Americans. Uh, we got a couple of pieces of news to talk about as well, and we're going to talk some basketball. And uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in as always. Griff, roll the clip. We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. Defense, 40, 30, they won't catch him. Go, Swift, into the end zone. Touchdown! The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. Throws near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes, 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, near sideline. Breaks the tackle, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, 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 Georgia. I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. There we go. <laughs> Always gets us ready to go. Griff, how's your week going? I know you've been uh, you've probably been all over the place busy. Dude, yeah, dude. I, the, the, the end of last week was absolutely insane. I literally had a test. I had two exams on Thursday and Friday. Did both those. I literally went straight from my exam on Friday to Cole's rehearsal dinner. And uh, yeah, so that I, I went straight from there. I literally went to the exam dressed in my my jacket and you know <laughs> slacks. The 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 guy who was giving the test was like, Do you come wearing a jacket to all your all your exams? I was like, No, I have I have something to go to after this. <laughs> but no, it was great. The wedding was awesome. Gave my best man speech. Maybe maybe I'll post that on on Twitter for everyone to. to I think, see. Yeah, I, th- I think the people would love that for sure. Yeah, so uh, it was a good time. Congrats to Colin Kinsey. Obviously, they're out in St. Lucia having having the time right now. We got I got a couple messages from Cole, a couple videos to to give out some awards. So you guys will see see a little bit of Cole here. In the grind don't stop, man. The kid is a the kid is a content machine. You can't keep him down. You can't. You literally can't. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, interesting week. Uh, things have settled down. We did our SEC championship recap show, and, and obviously we got a couple weeks until the Peach Bowl. Uh, I meant to ask you this: Did you get a ticket? No, I didn't. I did not. Wow, get a ticket. your run comes to an end. I didn't get one either, so I'm gonna have to buy one. Um, what a marvelous run it was this year! You got every game, man. <laughs> I did. I did. I was happy about it. You know, up to this gotta, point though, I have gotten nothing, so it made sense. It all it all fell at the same time. Yeah, I'm still holding out hope for a natty ticket. I, I will be in Los Angeles if they go. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place there. My parents said they pay for my Peach Bowl ticket for Christmas, and I'm thinking about pivoting that to paying for my flight to LA uh, instead, and I'll handle the ticket. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to see how that goes. We got to win the game first, obviously. Yeah, but I'm but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we're not going to dive too much into Ohio state just yet. I want Cole here for that. We got plenty of time, uh, but we are going to do a bowl game primer. You guys should definitely tune in for that. Make sure you like subscribe, subscribe to the yeah, podcast we even, too. We don't even know who all is going to be on that yet. We might have a few other guests other than, other than Biggie. So I know. Well, the Biggie, Biggie will get the ladies in here. We all know how he is. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, you know, we got a lot of stuff playing, but today we wanted to talk about, you know, like you kind of look back at the season and kind of have a, uh, you know, kind of put it in perspective because no matter what happens the rest of the year, 13-0 was special. This group is special. 
and uh, they're SEC champs. Regardless of what happens, we're very proud of this team no matter what. And, uh, you know, a couple of guys maybe should have been All-Americans, a couple guys who were All-Americans, and uh, we got our own awards too, so nobody's going to get left out here. But uh, I, I feel like we should start We should start with the All-Americans. I should have had this pulled up before we started. Yeah, it's, but, uh, um, it's Chris Smith, first team, Jalen Carter, first team, and then second team was Brock Bowers and Jamon Dumas-Johnson, I think. Yeah, I think JDJ was second team as well. Yeah. Is there anybody that you thought was snubbed? Uh, I mean, you're asking the wrong guy, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I could tell you that everyone, but, um, honestly, I think, dude, if, I think Kamari, if Smile had been healthy, he would have been on there. Yeah. But dude, Kamari last Brock was snubbed of hundred percent first yeah, team. Brock, Thomas, yeah. yeah. But dude, Kamari Laster, I mean, I don't know everything about every corner in the country this year, but dude, there can't be many corners in the country that play better than freaking Kamari Laster this year. He has been unreal. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, I agree 100%. I feel and, like he, he could have worked his way onto that list somewhere. but Yeah, I agree. If you talk about like just straight-up best tackling corners in the country, I don't, think, I don't think I have anybody at the top of mind that would go ahead of him. He's such a sure tackler. He's physical. The word I love to use, the word love scouts love to use, he's sticky. You know, once he gets his hands on you, you're, you're really not going to get away from him if that's in coverage or if that's, you know, he's making a tackle. I, I got some beef, man. I, I, I noticed that Brett Thorson didn't make any of these lists. And, uh... <laughs> well, it's because he doesn't ever have to punt, but he is the best at what he does. I mean, you know, when the he has to do The corner it. man. I mean, I'm telling you. I, I, I posted the stats. He was 118th in punts, which is near dead last, but he was 45th for punts inside the 20. So when he was punting, it was going inside the 20. Um, he was always flipping the field for us. He, he made a lot more critical plays than people realize. I understand that uh, he's not going to get that award, but, hey, as a true freshman – I don't know if George is going to punt enough, but I feel like he's got to get some love at some point. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, you know, he he really has been incredible in the times where we've actually needed him. But I mean, we just haven't needed him that much, to be completely honest. Yeah. Other than that, I don't I don't think anything on here was was too egregious. We're obviously super biased too, so you know, yeah. uh, I would have liked to have seen Malachi Starks as well. Uh, he did have some freshman moments, and I understand he is a freshman, so he is going to get his time. And maybe that was you know part of it with some of these guys, but. Did they release the, the freshman All-American team? They have that in football? I think that actually did come out. I th feel like I saw it, and obviously Malachi Starks would have to be on that team. Um, I'll check it out. But other than that, yeah, I didn't I, – was, was did Roger Jones make a team? I, he might have made like a PFF team or something he, like that. No, he didn't make – I know he didn't make All-SEC. Definitely didn't make All-American, which is ridiculous because he's literally yeah. a first-round pick. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, the Athletic did one, and they did have Malachi on there. Uh, he's and uh, they had Michael Williams as well. I feel like those are two guys who definitely deserve it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, those are two guys who in the future are going to be like stars in yeah. college football. So if they're not I mean, already, I mean, you know. Yeah, and when you look at this defense and who's coming back, you're you're going to get Javon Bullard back. You're going to get Malachi Starks back. You're going to get Smile back. You're going to get JDJ back. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's honestly incredible that the this team is going to get better next year, I think. We'll see about the offense, especially if Todd Monken uh, goes on to the NFL. We'll see about quarterback uh, with Stetson being so stable for a really long time for a majority of the snaps he's ever played at Georgia. But we'll see. I mean, this is a defense that could be on par with 2021 next year. They're going to be that good. You're going to lose Jalen Carter. That is a massive loss, obviously. He might be the best player in the entire country. But Yeah. Hey. 
Dude, since you brought up Stet, I mean, I might as well just talk about it for a second. Go for it. Have at he it. Didn't, he didn't win the Heisman. He didn't win the Heisman. But I kind of have some beef with just the Heisman Award in general, honestly, just because I don't really understand the criteria of it anymore. Like, it like is it a stat award? Is it like like that's not like the in the criteria for it? Like I feel like Stat out of those guys kind of fits it the most. If not him, then definitely Max Duggan before Caleb Williams. I mean, I Caleb Williams definitely had the best stats this year. I mean, he's definitely one of the most talented players in college football. But I mean, like when it comes to like the fact that like when you talk about Heisman moments, Heisman moments, like, you know, that's always a big part of like when they, when they talk about who wins it and everything Stet definitely had the most Heisman moments out of those four guys. I thought it was funny too, because of a lot of the knocks I heard on Stetson, people were always pointing to the games against inferior competition. Nobody talked about the top 25 games. Nobody I mean, talked about the important games. Isn't those the? Isn't that supposed to be the measuring stick? Yeah. Once again, who cares about how many yards and tutties you put up against Ball Sack State? I mean, literally, no one cares. Like, but when the lights are the brightest, this guy shows up. That's Heisman material. Like, it, it, Caleb Williams couldn't beat the same team when he got two tries at him. I mean, and yeah, he had good stats in those games, but like. Dude, he had an opportunity to put Utah away in that Pac-12 championship, and he stalled out. And then after that, he was fighting back, putting up stats. You know, I mean, I get he got hurt and everything, but at the same time, like, dude, they had an opportunity to win that game, and he he blew it. So, yeah. And another thing that I thought was really weird is somebody saying, "Oh, Stetson shouldn't be here. This person should be here." Well, why does he have to go? <laughs> like, why why do we have to kick him out? What's the? I don't see that. I just don't understand how a lot of people's line of thinking. Uh, Stetson deserves every every moment that he's had. Uh, he's worked really hard for this. And like I said, man, when it, when it comes to the big games, it, it, against top 25 teams, he had two interceptions. One was a tip ball when he got his arm hit, and the other one was some uh, defensive lineman snagged up and had a look what I found. And that's the numbers against the, in the big games is what I look mm-hmm. at. And uh, really, the Heisman doesn't mean that much to me. We know what matters to him. We know what matters to this team. So that's, what, that's pretty Yeah, cool. that's what I was going to say. I mean, this is probably best-case scenario for us as fans because – Dude, all all the hate that Stet's gotten over the past, like however many weeks it's been since, or what time it's been since then, dude, he is about to unleash on Ohio State. He is about to <laughs> unleash on. That. I actually saw I saw him this morning. He was in a great mood. He uh, he, he he kicked open the door to our building. He said, "Whoa, man, good morning." It's like, hey, dude. <laughs> dude, yeah. It's just crazy because like people were hating on him over like the weirdest stuff. Like it was, it was like kind of weird. Like whenever Caleb Williams made that comment in his speech about like, I may be up here tonight, but at least y'all get to go to the college football playoff. And he like had a reaction to it. It was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty funny. And everyone was like, this dude is weird. Like what, (laughs) like what did he do? I I just, I don't understand. Like, People just don't want to like him. And you know what? That's fine because there's really nothing you can do to stop him. We've seen big game stat. That's going to be one of the big keys we're going to be talking about going into the game. We got the we got the hard numbers. We got the data of, of big-time games that Stetson Bennett's played in. And let me tell you, um, it's uh, it's looking good for Georgia if he, if that guy shows up. And uh, ever since December 2021, that guy has showed up. So, Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's, he's just that dude. Like, it, it, you know, honestly, I was talking about this with my dad. Like – if we win the national championship this year, 
is he like the greatest dog of all time? I would have to say probably because back to back national championships in this era, it's 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 so competitive. I would have to say yes. Like he's obviously not the best player to ever wear the red and black. That's not the argument I'm making. But in terms of like just greatness, like dude, I mean, it's gonna be tough to argue against that. Like so I don't know, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. And um, like I said, I don't I don't sweat the highs and stuff. I did think it was just fun to go back and forth with people because it, it's fun. It's like who cares? Because none of us, nothing any of us has to say matters. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's just uh, it's just banter at that point. Before I move on, I do want to acknowledge this because Bill Snyder just commented on it. Apparently, Mike Leach has passed away, um, which kind of seemed like that was going to be the case for the past twenty four hours. Um, absolutely horrible he seemed really really well loved around the college football community he was a funny guy um you know our thoughts our prayers go out to him his family the team uh they already had one tragedy earlier this year all of his staff everything and uh you know i hope they pull through with all that yeah dude i mean you really can't like that dude was just an entertainer and not only that he was a good football coach and he was really well loved like i never have seen people talk bad about mike leach you know He's always, you know, he's got that mentality. Like he's a good, he's a football coach, but at the same time, he always had this like humor to him and, you know, goofiness that, you know, you just had to love. And so he invented the air raid offense, didn't he? Yeah. He, he, I feel like he did. I I feel like that's, you know, he was like the first one to make it popular at Washington. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Tech Yeah. Yeah. And because I mean, did, did he coach Patrick Mahomes? No, he was uh I think that was Cliff. I think he left he left the, for there in like 20 I want to say he went to Washington State maybe like 2011 or something like that. He sued because I remember he sued Texas Tech. I mean, that was a big thing. Like, that was the whole thing with Craig James. And man, that was that was just Leach, man. He was he was a one of a kind and that's that's all that everybody has to say about him. He was he was a character, he was a one of a kind and and college football's all dearly going to miss him. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. But back to Georgia. Um yeah, I, I, I really – I think the All-Americans were fine. I think Brock should have been first team. And we, I talked about this in the LSU game, and, and people wanted to point at Brock Bowers' stats and everything. And first drive, he comes out, rips off three catches, gets a score. And they use, they, they use Brock when they need him. They don't, they don't go out there. They, you know, they may drive their other cars, but when they need to take out the Lamborghini and they need to go, he's gassed up and he's ready. And I think we're going to see a lot of Brock against Ohio State. Um a little bit of Ohio State preview. I did see they were 121st in red zone defense, and Georgia is first in red zone scoring. Uh, a lot of that needs to be touchdowns instead of field goals. It does count both, but that's a big area. That's going to be a big key to this game, and I think Brock's going to be a big part of that. I think he's going to have a massive game against Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, who they got on defense that can play with him? I mean, who have they got on defense that can play with any of our guys on offense? Like, when your offense is built on physicality, and I don't know your the defense you're playing is as soft as Ohio State. I mean, so yeah, I'm I'm not worried. But yeah, congrats to all the guys who aren't all Americans. I'm sure there's plenty of guys on this roster that are going to earn an all American spot uh, before their time at Georgia is done. And um, like I said, this is just uh, it, it, it's a great time right now to pat our guys on the back and talk about how great of a season they've had because you know they're already preparing, they're already getting ready. Kirby's probably been getting re- ready ever since the clock hit zero against Georgia Tech, and um, you know, as fans, we get a little more time to uh, to give a little uh, a little pat on the back for our guys. But let's hand out some awards. Um, I know you got a couple. I, I brought a couple. Cole brought a couple. He's he's always yeah. <laughs> Do we want to play one of his first? We can we can yeah. play one and then I'll and then I'll load another one up. In yeah, let's later. let's roll them. Let's roll him up. Here, I'll load one up in here. 
see download here we go i think i think this is the first one i want to pick the one that's first like that he's introducing the award goes oh that is the wrong one the the (laughs) jalen carter jalen carter has earned the most likely to take your lunch money award he's the best player in college football the actual best player in college football Uh, if the heisman actually went to the best player in the sport it would be number 88 jalen carter he's unstoppable um, if that scumbag from Missouri didn't dive at his knee, he would have been getting Heisman votes. He's that good. He's that dominant of a player. Coming into the year, I said he might have an Adonikin Sue-like year. And he's kind of shown that the last few games in the biggest stages, Tennessee, um, SEC Championship. He's been absolutely dominant. Expect that to happen in the playoffs, too. My final award goes to a position that, coming into the year, we didn't know was going to happen. Uh, we were like, who's going to be CB2 next to or Keely Ringo? Well, the alpha dog of the year goes to Kamari Lasseter. He is the alpha cornerback that Kirby Smart loves to coach. He, he got picked on at the beginning of the year because they had to try him out. And next thing you know, he's just blocking everybody up. Nobody throws at him anymore. He is locked down one side of the field when he has a, a first-round corner on the other side. I don't think you understand how impressive that is. He's an alpha dog. He's going to be a top-ten pick next year. He is a dude. He's alpha dog of the year, Kamari Lasseter. Thank you guys for listening. I know Jake and Griffin are killing it right now. I'll be back next week. Right now, me and my beautiful wife are honeymooning, and it's awesome. Go Dolphins. For those of you listening, uh, listening and what, not watching on YouTube, Cole is uh, posted up in a uh, what looks like an infinity pool. He looks like he's having a great time. But yes, that was the wrong clip. That was supposed to be the second one. But I think both of those were great picks. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. All right, do you want to go first with with one of yours, or you want me to go first? Yeah, I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do the up next award. I'm going to talk about the guy next year that's going to be getting taught as a first round pick, first round talent, somebody that scouts are just going to be foaming at the mouth over just like they are right now with Jalen Carter. Maybe not that high of a pick because of his position. You can probably see where I'm going with this. I'm going with my guy, Jamon Dumas Johnson. He has shown incredible instincts for a guy his age. He understands this defense. He understands the game. He just understands football so well. We've seen him do it all. He can tackle, he can blitz, he can get on the boundary. We've seen quarterbacks with speed try to get away from him. He's he's a game wrecker. He's going to be one of those linebackers. He's going to be like a guy like Roquan. He's going to be he's going to be a guy like Quay Walker. He's going to be a guy like Nicobe Dean. It's unbelievable, man. It's actually unbelievable. Yeah, no, he he is that dude, and he just the way that he commands the defense and just gets the best out of everyone. Like he he's just a leader. He, he's he's out there, and it's crazy how. Kirby develops those guys at that position. Like between Roquan, Nakobe, and now him, like, dude, like those are three of the best linebackers I've ever watched in the red and black. And I mean, they've all played under Kirby. And it's hard to say that he's he's the reason that, you know, he's not he's not the reason that those guys are so great. I mean, obviously they're pretty talented and very good football players, but he definitely has a part to play in that. Yeah, 100%. We saw it in the Missouri game, too. When Georgia was looking flat, he was the guy on the sidelines getting in everybody's face, getting everybody fired up, saying, let's get out here and let's play to our capabilities. And that was huge. I mean, you talk about you got to have those leaders. It it brings me back to N'Kobe firing up. um, Oh, my God, why is his name leaving me? National Championship. On the blitz. Oh, Channing Tindall. Yes, Channing Tindall. I don't know why that was leaving me. Um it go you go back to Nakobe firing up Shannon Tindall after he after he absolutely blew an assignment and almost gave up a touchdown and he comes back the next play and gets a sack. 
that's the type of guy you needed a linebacker. And that's why he is going to be a guy next year. The NFL scouts are going to be salivating over. That was an absolutely massive moment in that game too. Like, so, you know, and yeah, JDJ is just, he's just like that. So, I mean, you know, I'm excited for what the future holds for him next year. Um, Don't smile though, either. That's a, that's a, that is a nasty duo right there. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They're, they're two of the best. Um, my, I don't want to double up an award, but I'm, I feel like I'm going to have to because I, I worked hard on the name for this one. But the <laughs> Flex Glue Award goes to Kamari Lasseter. I mean, I think it speaks for itself. He's glued to you. You can't get it off. Everyone sees those commercials for Flex Glue. It's, it's the best in the business, according to the commercials. And, you know, he's as advertised. You know, he, he is that dude. When you put your best receiver on the field, he's going to be on him and he's going to lock him up. And that's just <laughs> what he does. So he's glued to you. No matter what. Yeah. And we talked about this after the LSU, uh, after the LSU game when we did our post game show. Georgia was in a lot of zone for some reason that game. Uh, I don't know if they just wanted to give some different looks or if they just wanted to, dare I say, it, practice a little bit. Uh, but they sat in zone that whole game. I do not expect that to happen again against Ohio State. They're going to be man on man, your best against my best. You're going to have to come out here and beat me unless something drastic changes. And uh, I, I don't think that's going to be uh, an area of concern as it was against LSU. LSU threw for a lot of yards, and they were behind the whole game, and they had to throw for a lot of yards. And Georgia was just kind of sitting back and playing Ben don't break defense. That's We're not going to see that out of them in a playoff game. They're going to be aggressive, and Kamari Laster is going to be a huge part of that. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, does Cole have another one, or should I do one more? Yeah, he does. I, I'll, we'll go ahead and play that one. That way we can get his out of the way. This and should we will have been talk about. Yeah, we will talk about Buster Paul. Kids, you get a shot of our place. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful on the honeymoon. Wedding was fantastic. Um, I feel like Griffin killed his best man speech. Awesome. Uh, plenty. He called the dogs too. We gotta get a video of that out. But can't be with the boys live tonight. But I got y'all covered. First off, I want to say Notre Dame fans, piss off. Brock Bowers is the best tight end in the country. <laughs> That scrub y'all have playing, I listen. Say whatever you want. Rob Howard is the best player in the country. He deserves the award. Number two, congratulations to Steph for being a Heisman's finalist. Listen, it's not his fault that our team is actually good and we have to run the ball in the fourth quarter. Not our fault. Uh, but let's get into the awards. My first award I want to give out is the Unheralded Hero Award. That goes to Marcus Rosamy Jackson. We talked preseason about how the depth of receiver was a concern. And then A.D. Mitchell goes down. Our best player goes down at, at our least depth position, probably. And guess who steps up? Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. Huge shout-out to him. He's been arguably one of the MVPs of the team. He's awesome. Um, he, he's made catch after catch. He's, he's as sure-handed as it gets. Super athletic. Just a great player. Great player. Shout-out to him for stepping up. Yeah. So, I mean – I agree completely with Cole there. I had I had him as most improved player uh, for one of my awards. I had him most improved as well, so yeah, we, we were mean, all on the same page with that. Dude, MRJ, he's been unreal all year long. Just in terms of everything he does, you know, blocking, he's he's catching the ball so well now at the end of the year. Even, you know, at Tennessee, that touchdown catch he had was magnificent. Um, you know, he he's been great and unheralded hero is a I think that's a great award for for MRJ. Yeah, and uh somebody else I wanted to talk about too. I don't know if we you know what I'm gonna make an award right now. I'm making one for him right now. Freak of the year. 
Darnell Washington. I mean, I, I think he's really unheralded in the sense that if you watch that man block, you might as well have another right tackle out there. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to get in his way uh, at all. I don't care what's I don't care what it's for. <laughs> I don't care if you got a hundred bucks in your back pocket. You don't want to get in that guy's way. Um, he is just a, a freak of nature, and I think he falls into that same category. He's also a good pick for this too. Yeah, the I had as a blocker. You know, regardless what the stat sheet says. As a blocker, he is undoubtedly, in my mind, the best blocking tight end in the country. No doubt. Yeah, I had I had Darnell down for the biggest bully award because you know, <laughs> I mean, dude, I, you honestly kind of just feel bad for these guys that get blocked by him. You know, it's never. <laughs> it's sometimes it's a defensive lineman and they still get bullied, but you know, it's usually a smaller guy, and you know, he comes over there and just waylays you. I mean, what are you going to do? And then when a cornerback's trying to guard him, like uh, catching the ball, what do you do? What do you do? You can't do anything. He just bullies you. So, I mean, biggest bully, Darnell Washington. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, – next one I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to go uh, – you you said you had a Swiss Army Knife award. Yeah, right? I do. Yeah. Let's go with that one. You go ahead. I got I got Kenny Mack, Swiss Army I like Knife. It. I mean, dude, he does it all. He does it all. He – I mean, he, he runs the ball through the tackles. He can run it outside. He catches passes. He can throw passes. I mean, we've seen it. We saw it last year. I mean, dude, he does it all, and he he's been awesome this year. Just every everything that we could have imagined. You know, the stats really don't show like how how good he's been. You know, he doesn't get the touches that some of these other guys in football get because we rotate so many backs. But, dude, if he did, you would see Heisman numbers from this dude because he can do it all. Yeah. I'm also going to give out this award. Um, it's actually, uh, we're just giving it out too. And you know why? Because we can. Uh, I'm going to give it to Lad McConkey. Uh, we talk about a guy back there kicking punts, uh, kicking punts, catching punts, catching kicks, uh, threat as a receiver, can run the ball. I mean, Lad really does everything. He had a bad stretch this year, and a lot of people turned on him, and that really was annoying. That's probably a good word for it. Uh, that's probably the nicest thing I can say about it. There's just no reason, man. We knew the kid was going to get right. He has got right. And now he's one of the biggest weapons on this team. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got a special teams touchdown during these playoffs. He's just one of those guys. He's so explosive. Uh, thankfully, it seems that his injury that he had in, LS in the LSU game was not that serious, and he should be good to go. I'm, I'm really looking for Ladd to be that, continue to be that weapon on our offense. And I think that's going to be a staple of the Kirby offense going forward, somebody, that, somebody like that that you can get the ball in their hands and move around with. Yeah, dude, he he's got it all. I mean, he really does. He he is a Swiss Army knife as well. I mean, he he really does do it all for us, and he has been a very big key to what our offense has done all year long. So, I mean, you you got to respect the man. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Did Cole have any more? No, that was it. That was it for Cole. That was right. those are all of his. Well, Cole will be back next week, and uh, I'm sure he'll have a nice tan and might be a little hungover, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I uh, one more award I did want to give out. It is the uh, the ultimate weapon award. I talked about him earlier. Spread Thors. Come on, the guy is <laughs> the guy is a special team weapon. I mean, you talk about pinning somebody down. You know, really that 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 punt against Tennessee was one of the biggest plays of the game, and it was a punt. Uh, he really does have so many of these moments where he's pinning the team deep inside the twenty, letting Georgia's defense get to work, giving the offense a short field. It makes a difference, and you know Georgia hasn't really needed him. But I really do think he's probably one of the four or five best punters in the entire country. Yeah, I as mean, a freshman. I, yeah, I agree completely, dude. He's he's been awesome, and especially filling the role that that, that Jake Camarda left. I mean, Jake Camarda is punting for the Tampa Bay Bucks now, 
he's punting for Tom Brady, which he's had to do a little more of it than <laughs> you, you would expect from Tom Brady. But <laughs> I mean, that's a big role to fill. Jake was was he an All American last year? I feel like he had to be, right? I think he was. I I can't remember because somebody made the comment that Jake never got it because he never had to punt. <laughs> that might have been the case, but I think he may have got it one year. Yeah, but he, he was a third team All American in twenty twenty. Okay. All right, that was that wasn't even last year, but yeah, I mean Jake was great, and so I mean Brett Thorson has really lived up to the to the role. So yeah, I think that's a great award. And yeah. The last the last one I'll give out is uh, the heart of the team award, and this guy, he's he's the definition of it, the definition of the heart and soul of a Georgia Bulldog of a damn good dog, and it goes to Nolan Smith. Look, he hasn't been out on the field all year. He went down early. But, man, this guy's still impacting our team in a lot of ways. You see him out there every single play celebrating with the team. He, he, still, he still contributes to the squad. And, dude, I love him. He is the definition of a damn good dog. That should, that's what it should be, actually, the damn good dog award. That's, that's what we'll rename it. I, I agree 100%, man. I hated to see Nolan go down like that, not only because he's a great player, but he seems like a really good kid. I know he's going to kill it in the NFL somewhere. He's just a high-character guy. He's everything you want in a football player. You always hear coaches say that. He's everything you could ever want in a football player. Couldn't agree more. And uh, the last one I give out, freshman of the year. This one's pretty easy. I'm sure you all know who it is. It's Malachi Starks. The guy has just been a huge impact player, especially you look at Dan Jackson going down. You look at William Poole leaving the team. They've really needed Malachi Starks, and he's had some freshman moments, but – Man, two or three years, that kid is going to be something else. He is going to be extremely special. He's going to be a big part of this defense, and he's going to be somebody that uh, quarterbacks are going to have to think twice about uh, about throwing at. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've we've salivated over him all year, so you know, y'all know how much we love him. But yeah, I agree completely. And I think that's just about it for awards. I did say we were going to talk about this. Uh, so Buster Faulkner is leaving Georgia, Georgia's quarterbacks coach, and. Um, he will be heading to Georgia Tech to be Brett Key's offensive coordinator. Hey, it's understandable. When uh, when you're trying to build a program, we always saw it with Nick Saban for years. Everybody poaching Nick Saban's coaches. Georgia did it in 2016. <laughs> uh, when you have a staff like this, it's just something that's going to happen. And uh, I'm sure they got the personnel ready. I can go ahead and tell you who's going who's gonna to step into that role. Um, some of y'all may have heard of him. His name's Mike Bobo. Uh, I promise he'll probably have the headset uh, for those duties. I assume Buster will be there for the uh, the college football playoff. I didn't see anything that said otherwise. Uh, but they got a great staff. It's it's a team effort, too. So you really don't have to worry about one guy. If this was Monk and leaving, I'd be a lot more concerned. Um, but, hey, happy for Buster. You know, he was an analyst here making $200,000 a year. He's getting a Power 5 job as an offensive coordinator. He deserves it. Um, you know, happy for him. But uh, after this year, there's no more being happy for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're we're going to have to beat him sadly next year, but that's okay. Um, congrats to him for, for, for moving up in the world. You know, it may, maybe he comes back around at some point, you know, maybe, maybe he does, a, does a good job over there and, and we have to snatch him right back, you know, but because, you know, we could do that at any time if we really wanted to, uh, those, those guys over at tech, they just don't, they don't got what we got over here, but you know, I, it, it really is like, I just trust Kirby and his ability to to build a staff, like even when guys leave, I mean, you know, people talked about how losing Dan Lanning was going to hurt a bunch. And I mean, we see the difference it's made. I mean, it hasn't been better or worse. I mean, you can't say either, but you know, we've been just fine. And so Kirby knows what he's doing. I trust the guy. So 
for now, congrats to to Buster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I don't think it's going to make a huge difference for the team, especially if he's staying. Uh, Mike Bobo will be perfectly capable of working with these quarterbacks. Todd Monk is still there for the time being. Uh, but that is something that we will have to consider is that uh, Mike Bobo might be Georgia's offensive coordinator again if uh, Todd Monken does leave for the NFL. I wouldn't be too surprised. Dude, I will say I I always liked Bobo. Everyone always hated on Bobo, but, I mean, I think he was pretty solid. I mean, he put up like 40 points a game with Hudson Mason at quarterback. It's pretty impressive. He did have Todd Gurley in like prime Todd Gurley form, but he got suspended for four games that year, so – yeah, and you know we talk about we talk about just the the system that's being built, and you know we talk about replacing coaches from within. That's kind of the point is you want to remain, you want to keep that continuity. You don't want to just bring in some guy who's going to say, okay, well here this is my playbook, and we're actually going to do this now uh, instead of what you guys have been doing. It's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't I have no reason to believe right now that Tom Monken's going elsewhere because I mean we heard the same stuff last year that Todd Monken was going. So I, I think he loves being at Georgia and like the stuff that the videos you see of him and how pumped he gets, like, I think he likes it. So hopefully he likes it enough to stick around for a little while because we love having him. He's literally hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, yeah, that's, that's about all we got on that. We're ready to move on to basketball. Yeah. Let's talk some basketball because last you go week, ahead, man. I know you got to get it off your chest. Dude. I I've been thinking about this for like the past week. It, it really got me, got me good. I, I've, I got back to my my basketball last year. I took a hiatus from like actually sweating out basketball games for Georgia because, dude, back in the Mark Fox era when I was in high school and we were like on the bubble every year, I watched every game and I sweated out every. I got pissed at basketball the same way I get pissed at football. Like I I was upset about stuff, and this game. This game, I, I got it back. And I have to say it felt really good. You know, it's fun to care. And uh, last year, I just couldn't bring myself to do it because it was so hard to watch. But we played Georgia Tech last Tuesday. All right? We played great in this game. We really did. We played really well, scored the ball really well. Um, the defense wasn't as good as it's been all year, I feel like. But at the end of the game, we were up, I think, four. And – it had been four minutes since Georgia Tech had got a field goal or a point. They hadn't scored at all in like four and a half minutes. Like a minute left in the game, they just bang a three. It was a pretty deep three, too. It was a good shot. Not bad defense or anything. So bang a three, one-point game. We go down. We put up a terrible shot, I think. And then so there's 35, 40-ish seconds left, I think. And Georgia Tech gets the ball, inbound it. Pretty good play. Dude puts up a floater, goes in, we're down one. And then um, we turn the ball over and foul him. They miss one of the free throws. And then this is where it gets this is where it gets good. So <laughs> Terry Roberts scored a bucket to tie the game. He scored a bucket to tie the game. But then here comes this ref. Beep, beep, offensive foul. And I, when I tell you this man was standing on one foot, dude, it was not an offensive foul. Should have been a bucket. Should have been overtime at this point. This, this was with two seconds left in the game. And it, it was just awful, man. I, it was a terrible call, and it really sucks because this team is playing so hard right now. They played the last game with, like, seven scholarship guys on the roster. And, and I mean, they played FAMU. But, I mean, 
it, it was a hard-fought game, and, you know, it sucks to lose that way. But it, I think they're going to come back. They have a big opportunity on Sunday this week with uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I've I watched one game in Notre Dame, Michigan State, but that's pretty much all I've seen from them. So, I mean, we we could realistically get out of this non-conference schedule with nine to ten wins, which I think would be tremendous. Yeah, I agree. And I was at the Hampton game, and I, I said this before we left. I said this team's probably not 2021 Baylor, but they are, you know, an absolutely – tenacious team on defense they give a lot of effort on defense and that's something that we really haven't seen before and when they can knock down threes you know they look like a competent basketball team and that's not something we've really seen that much of recently uh really not since anthony edwards and uh braylon bridges is only even then like yeah braylon bridges is only getting better terry terry roberts is awesome he's probably my favorite player is electric i love terry roberts uh uh, trez mcbride has been awesome uh and you know you're getting some input you're getting some you're getting some input from jalen ingram you're getting, you know, it's a little bit of everything. It's not, you know, one guy is clearly our best player, but this it's a is a pretty well built team. In all honesty, yeah, Mike Wise it, put together a good squad. Yeah, and it's great for uh, literally. You brought back three players from last year. They were probably the three I would want to keep, being Jackson Etter, uh, Cario Guendo, and um, and Braylon Bridges. But and Jabri Abdurrahim. Yeah, yeah, Abdurrahim's back too. I, I yeah. keep forgetting about him because he was out. Um. And it's a balanced roster, man. They play tough defense. There is an offensive scheme that you can watch <laughs> that, that hasn't been the case. And I, I really just think there's a lot of buy-in here, and I think they have a pretty good chance of beating Notre Dame at State Farm Arena December 18th. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and then after that, they got Chattanooga, UTC, the Mocs, who are a wagon. Don't be fooled by – Yeah, they're, they're uh, a good team. They're, they're good. Um, that's where we're from. You know, we, we know all about the Mocs. But uh, I think turned the team also, last year. Yeah, I mean they were good last year. Too. Hit they the buzzer, beat the buzzer beater to go to the tournament. That game was absolutely electric. I was, was I was fun. with Cole watching that game, and dude, we went nuts. I think I was at Stir in downtown Chattanooga, and everybody went crazy whenever they hit that. It was awesome. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, I mean that's definitely a game that we can win. I mean, you know, we definitely have more talent than Chattanooga. So I mean, but and then we uh, in the non-conference schedule with Ryder. And then head into January, start Auburn off. at home January fourth. I'm going to try yeah. to be there for that. It depends on if we're in the Natty and if I'm on a flight or something like that. But I'm going to try to go to that game. I think it would be a fun one. Yeah, that definitely would. It definitely would be. I might try to go to that game. I won't have student ticket at that point because I'll be graduated. But I still might they, go. <laughs> I think they usually just let. I, I think they just let you in usually. But <laughs> honestly, they probably might. It might yeah. be one of those games though where you have to like. Uh, I actually, we're probably not to that point yet. There's I still think f- the tickets are like ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I'm not even worried about that. But um, yeah, so I'm excited for for Georgia basketball this year. I mean, we definitely are showing a lot more fight and promise than we have recently. So I mean, yeah. And you, you look at Notre Dame. So this is what Notre Dame schedules look like so far. Um, they played an exhibition game against Xavier, not that Xavier, Xavier in Louisiana. <laughs> uh, they won sixty-seven to fifty-two. Three-point win against Radford. Seven-point win against Youngtown State. 12-point win against Southern Indiana. One-point win against Lipscomb at home. Uh, Lipscomb actually has a pretty solid basketball team from what I've gathered this year. But I'm yeah. not – This yeah, is another one, too. They're okay. They, they lost by 12 to St. Bonnie's. St. Bonnie's is the team that just passes like crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, then they they go out and they thump Michigan State, who's pretty solid this year. You know, Tyson Walker's been a really good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, lose by one to Syracuse at home. Um, win by six against Boston University. Uh, get beat pretty bad by Marquette at home, and then now they got Georgia. So they're a beatable team. You know, this isn't some kind of juggernaut, but I, I think it'll be an interesting game. I think it's a good litmus test because Notre Dame is a, a competent basketball team. It's like Wake Forest. You know, if we can come out and win this game, I'll be feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's one of those things where like Georgia this year has been very promising and I've, I've really enjoyed watching them, but in the games where we've had to play a pretty decent basketball team, those have been the games where we've played pretty well for some of the game and then not so well for other parts of the game. Wake Forest, you know, we kind of turned it on at the end and got it close a little bit, but still lost, you know, UAB, we played really well for the first half and then just couldn't keep up Georgia tech. You know, we've literally fought till the last second, got screwed on a charge. So, I mean, it's definitely – this team has a lot of fight, and that's definitely the one thing I wanted to see from this year because we had none of that last year. Exactly. You know, we we passed our win total from last year, the second day of December. You you can't really complain about that. There's obvious improvements here. And we're getting one step closer, and I think this is a team that can win a couple conference games that they shouldn't, and I think that's a really, really good start no matter what the record says. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited to get into conference play because just from what I've seen from the SEC, like, so far this year, I can't really decide, like, what I think about it. I mean, I know I I definitely think Alabama is really good. I mean, they just won a huge game against Houston. And Two. They beat Houston's number one twice, but North yeah. Carolina is kind of, you know. Yeah, but I, I think they're pretty good. Um, you know, out, Florida is is okay. They were pretty good last year with Mike White, but, I mean, they still got a lot of talent on that roster. Colin Castleton is really good. Um, but, you know, Kentucky is always Kentucky. But, it, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited, so. Yeah, we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be dropping some of these games that we dropped last year. So, that's really uh, – I just want to see them win the games they should. I think that's a good start. Um, and uh, before we do get off, uh, I do have to issue a correction – uh, Bill Snyder says that apparently has now been told that Mike Leach has not passed away, which uh, is a little embarrassing for us, but I'm going to go ahead and chalk that up to the fact that Bill Snyder is 85 years old. Yeah. All right. But anyways, all that stuff we said about Mike Leach still applies. We're still, you know, really hoping right he pulls through. Everything. Great yeah. guy. Yes. Um, but anyways, figure we might as well mention that. Uh, but other than that, I think that's about all I got. Like I said, we're going to do our, uh, our our bowl preview. We're going to talk about every bowl game. Uh, we're going to have some uh, some experts on here uh, talking about yeah. some, uh, some best bets. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote experts. Sharks. We're talking about our best best uh, best picks. I already got a couple in the chamber. Um, yeah, I've already put in a few. Including yeah, I've got dogs, a bunch. Minus six and a half. Yeah, I, I got a I got a healthy bet on the dogs. Uh, if the dogs win, it's going to cover my ticket to the uh, to the national championship game. That was kind of my <laughs> strategy there. So I like that. That's yeah. a good strategy. That is a really good strategy, actually. Yeah, because <laughs> and then uh, if they don't, then uh, I'm done betting on football. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all we got, guys. We appreciate y'all tuning in as always. Cole will be back with us next week after uh, after um, he finishes up his honeymoon. Make sure to you know wish him congrats if you do see him. Uh, but yeah, me and Griff are signing off. We appreciate as all appreciate y'all as always. Go dogs. <laughs>